Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Hi Mark, we've got a question this morning from Kathleen, and it's a question which has raised quite a few comments from our members so obviously it's um uh, one that will interest a few people out there and hopefully it will interest you Kathleen would like to know how you would teach a horse to be responsible for where it places its feet to look where it's going and she's used those words quite particularly because what's happening is that her horse on the lunge is tripping in his footfall so it's almost like when he puts his weight down on the foot um he has a sort of a misbalance or a misstep but what then what happens is he immediately lurches forward, bucks and kicks out. She says he is allowed to look, but it's not and he is allowed to say no, but he doesn't seem to understand those. She's asking him to put his nose on things and to look down, you know, at whatever is in front of them, whether it's a slight ditch or a pole. And then she's asking him to walk over it. Um, she honestly thinks that he thinks it's her responsibility for where he places his feet and she would like him to be I suppose more empowered and um you know understanding that he's got to choose where his feet go just a bit of a background on this though he was raised and she says used as a tool on the ranch out west several vets have mentioned that he had a hard life he's super sweet and personal but very low in the pecking order he is a tiny bit clingy and seems reliant on the person to make decisions and he does also sort of sometimes freeze ever so slightly. She also is wondering if you can pick up on, you know, how you might pick up on the subtle cues if he is going internal when he is moving. So I guess that's when he's starting to sort of shut down as she's asking him to lunge and therefore he's not really thinking outside and is aware of where he's putting his feet. So uh, a lot in that question, um, but uh, what are your thoughts, Mark? Yeah, I um, my, the thoughts I'm going to offer on this are the things that I can directly help you with, uh, opposed to uh, the things that you know someone else might lock into. And I noticed um, the, you you know the, you posted the comment on um, on the members' Facebook, and there was a lot of you know helpful information from other people that came through, which was really good. That you know people had some good ideas out there that. And, uh, you know, one of the ideas is a neurological problem, which, um, you know, which is slightly disconnecting the, um, you know, the, the, I guess it's, um, the, the, the mind from, from the body, uh, which I wasn't aware of. Um, and, you know, that's more of an osteo that has to look into that. So, um, you know, things like that are important to look into. Um, and so, so yeah, when it comes to sort of some chronic problems, I always have to say as a professional, you know, you need to get some advice off somebody else as well um, if if you think it's an ongoing thing that you can't help emotionally through education. So that's always important. And thanks, everybody, for the other comments that, that were there. And there were some good comments about, you know, the mind and feet through through the horse, you know, uh, thinking on driving pressure, not thinking about what it's doing and stuff like that. So, that, so that's good. But basically just um, there's a few little sort of red flags in there, um, you know, when I was listening uh, and, and also reading the question, one of those red flags is, is he's had a hard life and, uh, but he's a sweet horse. So the hard life part of it is a horse that would have been used as a tool, um, and becomes emotionally disconnected with things and carries quite a bit of anxiety under pressure. Now, he might be a quite sweet and open horse, 
uh, when you're in your pyjamas. But um, I think when there's pressure on, uh, that's when he might go into his special little place, which is not a very good place for him. And that, that is usually the place where they get quite disconnected from their body. Um, the other the other thing that sort of tells me, um, uh, and the other red flag was he's the bottom of the pecking order. So why I say that's a red flag is um, if he's not felt good with uh, education over the years uh, and he's, 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 you know, quite carries quite a bit of worry or he probably actually some horses can't hide the fact that they're worried they can't shut out or sure sorry I shouldn't say shut out they can't shut down as well as as other horses so they're kind of bouncing around all the time constantly searching constantly looking for an answer uh, where other horses just kind of reside to the fact you know if they if they think outside the box then they're going to get in trouble so they don't uh, and then those horses, if they're sort of, um, you know, uncomfortable in the, yeah, you know, they're at the bottom of the pecking order, then they carry quite a lot of stress in the herd too. So, you know, if their cup was a little bit full during education, technically they should be able to tip it out when they go back in the herd. But some horses, they can't tip out that worry when they go back in the herd because they're, they're actually not that happy in the herd either because they, you know, because you know, a lot of people I meet at clinics, they bring in horses to clinics and I say, you know, they say this one's at the bottom of the pecking order and a lot of the horses that come to clinics that are at the bottom of the pecking order, they're carrying certainly certain emotional issues towards their owners as well. Um, and there's little anger issues and anxiety issues that they have in them that a horse uh, that's more comfortable in the herd doesn't have. So you've got to look at all those things sort of, um, you know, adding to his anxiety um, so, and, and one of the uh, comments in the Facebook also, the answers, which was a good comment, was sleep deprivation. Um, and, and that could be also because he's, you know, maybe anxious in the herd, he doesn't sleep as well and things like that. So that's also in, 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 in the thing that you could sort of say uh, in the equation. Um, so, yeah, so we've got to look at all that. But I've seen a lot of horses that carry an emotional brace in education that trip stumble and don't move correctly don't have correct suspension in the way they move um, and things like that purely because of that um, that emotional brace that causes a sort of almost a chronic physical brace um, you know people see me at clinics working a lot with the the you know the horse to pick up loosen up in the base of the neck and lift up through the wither why is because um, because the brace, a mental brace in a horse when they kind of really sort of get stuck as they start to get really heavy in the front and get a lot of freeze and, um, and, and they lose. And even in the back up, they don't pick up in the knees. They don't pick their feet up nice. They, they drag their feet and things like that. And, that, and that's all through, starts off through um, a learned helplessness in their mind through education. That, uh, and, and, and even if they were naturally a bit heavy, um, when they were babies, um, you know, because the, the, the um, learned helplessness in education, it kind of makes it worse and they trip a lot. They're not thinking. And, and I see horses that, that suddenly trip and panic a little. And because they're carrying quite a lot of worry in the cup already, so that tripping and panicking when he trips over on the lunge, he's already carrying quite a bit of worry. So he's kind of like going around and, yeah. You know, and then he trips and then he panics and gets all aggressive. So, so, so he sort of all that, all that sort of trapped in emotion comes out for 
for for a moment after he trips um and yeah he might look quite blameful for it because and and he could, and he will be because he well you're the one that put him on the end of the line and now you're trying to do the right thing in his mind he's like well I'm out on the end of the line and and then suddenly boom he just trips and wakes himself up for a moment and then 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 the aggression comes out so um so good education i believe as i said on in conjunction if you think you need other 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 professionals in to have a look at other things good education can bring horses out of that place that they trip a lot and and act like that um so a couple of examples i'll, I'll give people and i'll try and i guess work out what i'd look at to try and help him he's a an example just at the last clinic just the one i've just finished i'm in queensland at the moment and uh there's one particular horse that just went around with his head low all the time and he was he was sort of, yeah, just didn't think about what he was doing at all. And we, we were sort of doing different groundwork techniques of lifting and stuff like that. But one of the things I did was just let him off in the arena and kind of just get back off him and let him follow another horse or do something and think for a bit and, uh, you know, maybe worry him a little bit so he's searching and get, the, get that learned helplessness look off him because I knew as soon as you tie the holder on his head, he'd be like, mm, I'm just like this. And going around on his forehand and he's a horse that does trip a bit under saddle and stuff and uh so after a bit of, of time um feeling free he started to look over the fence and just stand there and we just let him do that because looking over the fence standing there is him doing something for himself and i was really trying to get her to think about him doing something for himself and be a horse so when he comes back and puts you know you put the holder on him he's a horse he doesn't just turn into a zombie as soon as that holder touches his head or as soon as in is in close proximity of the of the person so the other thing is sometimes when she went up to catch him when he was at liberty he'd just walk up to her and I said it's not a good idea he just walks up to you though you look like it's a connection uh, he's got so used to just walking up to you that he just walks up to you and his mind sets into a certain way so when he's standing with you you just lose him so I said, maybe we can stop him from walking up to you and say, no, don't walk up to me. And he'll go, why? I usually do that. That's my habit. Because uh, I had a feeling that his habit actually was actually starting to turn him into that zombie early. Um, so he, you had to sort of almost do things differently with him. So he got a little confused and goes, well, I'm not sure what to do now. And then he starts searching for answers. And that brought him out. And then the next day, uh, the next afternoon, sorry, just at that same afternoon, uh, she, she, um, she, she was standing with him and then she rode him and he was different. He was just enough, there was just enough difference in there that he was walking around with his head up a bit more. When she asked for the backup, he picked up his head and backed up and he moved his feet a lot better. And there was a horse under saddle starting to come out of him and on the ground as well. So I'm guessing your horse is a little bit like that. And, um, and some time ago, I had another particular horse, very heavy on the forehand, big, strong Appaloosa, um, almost like one of those, you know, classic built quarter horses that, you know, big chest that, you know, a lot of weight on the forehand. But after a, a couple of um, sessions with him at a clinic, the owner said, uh, and she's done a lot of clinics, um, you know, through the past with different people and that and whatnot. But, and so he's obviously spent a lot of time in different stables and traveled to different stables. She's, and she said, I walked past the stable and he was standing completely different in the stable. He was standing up like a horse looking around. And he just wasn't standing there sort of heavy set on his full hand just with the doldrum look. 
there was a difference in him. And, and, and we actually did lessons like trying to get him to pick himself up, pick up, um, don't go down into that place, don't go down into that place. Uh, so I'd get him to lift and lift the wither and loosen up. And, um, and that change actually flowed on through to when we weren't with him. Um, so in the third example is a horse uh, that had a freeze, a real freeze in it. And we unfroze the horse's mind and, and, and feet in the clinic till it started searching. And the, the owner said it went home. And, and then all of a sudden, the mares that used to pick on it stopped picking on it. And he was different uh, in, in the group of horses that he's with. And ever since then, he, he's, a, he's been a different horse. His mind's different. He searches differently. He's different around the other horses. And, and, and I think some horses actually get, uh, well, I wouldn't have believed it years ago, but I'm starting to believe that some horses... Um, the education we put on them starts to, to it filters into to their whole life, and if it's bad, I think it I think it goes into their whole life uh, when they're in the herd, and and um, so I think there's a lot of things you can really do to help them uh, in the, in that scenario, um, and you know getting them to go towards their thoughts is very important. Getting them to think about what they're doing, um, but something I would 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 be looking at with your horses, I'd say he's sort of a little bit stuck and he just thinks back on pressure and he's not sort of actively thinking and searching and stuff like that. So, um, and, you know, so getting him to do that's really important. And then also the lifting, you know, lift up in the wither. So, you know, when I do a backup or to do anything, so when I, well, so, so I'm going to go back to the lunging scenario and, and just explain a way that I'd probably get your horse to think about going out on the end of a rope um, before, you know, we even do any faster transitions on the end of a lunge. So, be, so, so I'll get them leading beside me. And the ones that are a bit chronic, trippy, and things like that, and I don't think about what they're doing, um, I'll just walk them back and forwards in my hand, and I'll slowly get them to lift up and lift up, and until they get a sort of a clunk when they get a soft walk. So, if they try and bury down in my hand, I'll just say that's not available, and they'll go oh, and then you'll see them have a little bit of a shock through the system, and they'll go oh. And they'll sort of get a little worried for a moment, but then they'll go, oh, that wasn't available. And you'll ask again, you'll just hold the lead rope right underneath their chin. You'll put a little lift in it and they'll go, oh, I'm not used to that. Um, and then they'll sort of either fight. If they fight a bit, you'll say that's not available, push. And then they'll kind of loosen up and, uh, and maybe back off a little. And then you can say lift and then come forward and lift and then come backwards. So what will happen is as you start to lift, you'll see their body start to quiver and just loosen up a little. I'm not saying it's just going to happen. It's a bit of a technique in this, but it's a it's it's if you just let them lead out or go out and they're just plonking on out there like that, uh, like heavy, then they're they're going to go out and they're going to be heavy on the lunge. So if you can get them to sort of back up soft and come past soft and start to rock in your hand really nice and loose, and then I'll just let them pour out and do a little slow walk around me, just like not only only about a foot away from me or something like that, like or a foot away from my leading hand. So you might only have from about a foot or a foot and a half a rope and they'll kind of walk kind of loose and careful and they'll be awake because you've offered them something different and they haven't just assumed I just go out over there like that and I go and drag myself on my forequarter. So and then uh, if you see them just fade out, then you just slide up that leading hand and you put a lift and say lift up and slow down and back off and come forward again. So you just bring them back in, lift their head up and, and they'll wake up a little and slow down. So I find for those horses, you go slower, but lighter. So you're going slow with elevation, slow with elevation. And, and they start to walk like, 
instead of like a plonk, 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 they'll start to walk like you can imagine like a tiger, you know, you know, walking really softly on the ground and they'll be, they'll lift and they'll walk softly. Um, and then, and then you just pour them out a little more and get them to sort of, you know, change the way they move out when they head out on that lunge. And I just do a lot of exercises in walking like that and, you know, bring them back in, lift the wither up, move them out. So their forequarter moves out a bit and then maybe bring them back in again. Uh, you know, so you're sliding them back to your hand close and then you might do a hindquarter yield and just get them balanced and then just pour them out a little bit, let them carry that for a little bit. And then if they look like they just go back into zombie land, you just lead them back in, lift them up again, let them sort of uh, loosen and balance. And that's a, that's a really good lesson for the really heavy horses that suddenly zone out. And don't let them go fast or do fast, you know, trot counter transitions when they're on their forehand because you end up just pushing them forward, pushing them forward uh from from driving pressure and and like someone said in one of the um comments is you know the horse thinking back on pressure all the time not thinking about what it's doing is another you know dangerous thing that that that, that keeps them like that so but yeah that's my thoughts on the subject and yeah there's lots of little things you'll do with everything like the way you catch them the way you present pressure but i'd, I'd be here all day to go through it all but i hope the little things that i've offered there help you and you know, you can look into it a bit more, but it might be a subject we might sort of um, look at a bit later on as well. You know, try a few things and then get back to me on it. And um, Kathleen, if you if you want to send through a video for Mark to review, that's always an option as a member as well. But it sounds like you've got a lot of things to work on there and a lot of hope at the end of the tunnel. And, um, and it's great that you're looking to sort of really change his outlook on life and hopefully changing education will improve his confidence and that confidence will make the world of difference to him. So thanks for what you're doing and thank you, Mark. No worries, thanks. You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos which everyone has access to with a seven-day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.